Hey everyone, great to be live with you again. Well, today we are going to interview someone from this new dating app launched by several Trump staffers, former Trump staffers. The app is for right-wing people only. Um, politics always gets in the way of dating, right? I've heard so many horror stories. Um, so this is apparently a solution for it. We're going to talk about the app. Um, Kaylee McNaney's sister is promoting this app. I'll show you a clip from that. Um, she's the former uh, White House press secretary, her sister, promoting this new right-wing dating app. Um, we're also going to look at how President Trump and his staff are now being blamed for rushing through unproven pharmaceuticals during the pandemic. Apparently, Alex Jones predicted this, that, you know, needles not working would eventually get blamed on Trump. And it looks like it's happening now. Also, millions fewer kids are enrolling in public schools. Millions fewer are going to college. People are going off the mainstream grid and when it comes to education. Very interesting. We're going to look at that too. So before we jump into it all, uh, shout out to the sponsor of my coverage. Would you survive a year-long power outage? It's more likely to happen than you might realize. That's why I have turned to Dark Age Protection. No survival guide on Earth will prepare you for what's in store in the coming months the way that Dark Age Protection will. It's an expertly written survival book that guides you through the step-by-step actions that must be taken to ensure your survival over the coming weeks. Anyone without this life-saving information is putting their lives at risk and are unlikely to survive weeks, much less years, through a power outage or blackout, well, na which NASA scientists say could happen uh, very soon. So protect yourself during a nationwide crisis with Dark Age Protection. Every viewer of my podcast is eligible for Dark Age Protection Survival Guide, but only for a limited time. Get your downloadable copy now by uh, going and clicking that link down below, darkageprotection.com. And with that being said, let's get into it. Thank you, Danielle, for coming on. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So the new app is called the Right Stuff, right wing dating app uh, for conservatives specifically. Um, tell me, you work for the company. Um, tell me how it works and how you guys came up with this. Yeah. So like you said, this app was started by three former Trump staffers. Um, and when they spent their time in D.C. there, they realized that there's such a need for conservatives to have a way to meet people, especially in such a liberal area. Um, so that's really where the idea came to mind. Um, I see. And so I'm going to show a clip of uh, Kaylee McNinney's sister, Ryan, promoting this new day. Hey guys, I'm Ryan. I've got to tell you about something I am so excited to announce. A dating app for all of us conservatives. It's called The Right Stuff and it's launching this September. What I love most about it is that it's invite only. So not just anyone can join. First of all, it's free to use. And for my ladies, you'll never have to pay because we all get premium subscriptions for simply inviting a couple friends. Gentlemen, if you want access to premium, that's on you. And by the way, those are the only two options, ladies and gentlemen. The Right Stuff is all about getting into the right dating pool with people who share the same values and beliefs as you. You'll start off by building your perfect profile. 
Nope. So anyway, she talks about uh, ladies and gentlemen are the only two genders uh, <laughs> allowed on this app, I guess. Now, are you guys getting any backlash from the LGBTQ community? Yeah, yeah, we definitely have seen some backlash, um, as expected. But um, for the most part, for the most part, we're seeing a positive response and especially a lot of excitement on the right side um, because it's such an underserved area in the dating app community. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been some backlash from some of that. Uh, so yeah, here in Houston, you drive down the freeway and there's actually big uh, billboards saying uh, that you need to get the needle in the arm in order to not get swiped, swiped left on on dating apps. Um, and there's all these politics uh, surrounding dating. Now, you said this is invite only. So how does that work? And uh, do you guys censor or delete people who don't seem right wing or how does that work? Right. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of questions about this. So um, with the invite only idea, um, it's starting as just a little a pool of a couple thousand people that have been verified. They verify their phone number um, just like a few different ways. And so we're going to start with that core group of a few thousand. And then every person gets two invites from there. So we're hoping and trusting in our initial pool of invites that they're going to bring on the right people. Um, and then if you don't get an invite, you can sign up through our website at Join Right Stuff. Um, you can put in some of your information and go through that way, but it's just a much quicker route if you get an invite from one from someone that you knew already. Okay. And when, when exactly does this uh, dating app launch then? Um, it's going to launch in September. We don't have a specific day yet but sometime in september is what we're looking at oh okay um peter teal is putting up the money for this right the co-founder of paypal um who is a trump advisor is that right yes correct wow okay so uh i guess it's only i read it's only for apple and ios devices right now is that right yeah, for now, we're going to launch it only iOS, and then hopefully we have plans to expand that to other. So what happens if a bunch of left-wing people come in and troll, or maybe they just, maybe left-wing people are interested in dating right-wing people? <laughs> what are you guys going to do? Yeah, I mean, we've also, we've heard this a lot, and there are going to be people probably trying to to get into the app if they aren't on, if they aren't conservative. But I think that one will will probably if they're trolling our app, we'll probably remove them. And if they're making fake accounts, we don't want fake accounts on our app. But um, I mean, anyone's welcome on our app. And just like any other app, there's a lot of dating apps that lean the left side and there's conservatives on there like they're, they're welcome if they get an invite. And um, yeah, that's, that's that. OK, cool. Um Let's see. Anything else people should know about it? Um, no, not really. You can sign up through our website if you want early access. Um, and yeah, we're starting in September. We're super excited. It's going to be a great place for you to sign up or to post dates, to get out on dates. We really want everyone getting out and meeting each other. And there's a good section on there for you to post a date and 
yeah, really get out there and start meeting each other. Meet like-minded people. It is jointherightstuff.com. I linked it down in my description. Um, is it for any age group? Yeah. So we're definitely catering towards the younger younger conservatives just because um, we've been out at a few different conservative events in Tampa and Dallas. Um, and that does seem to be the younger crowd is who we've talked to more and have been catering to. But if anyone's allowed on the app. Yeah. So if you get an invite, you're you're on. Awesome. Well, thank you, Danielle, so much for coming on and talking about the new app. Let us know when uh, that launch date happens. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much for having me. We're really excited. All right. Talk to you later. All right, guys. So I put out a poll of to my audience to get your stories on the best and worst dating experiences when you date someone of the opposite political views. Because, you know, that's what this app is all set up to avoid so that you don't have to date someone who whose political values don't align with yours. So I got a few comments for people. Um, Joe says, first date, she asked me if I was okay having a threesome with her and her male bisexual roommate. I just shook my head and walked away, leaving her at the restaurant table. On the way out, gave the server enough cash to cover the tab. Yikes. Well, he didn't say uh, who whose political values were what, but I'm assuming she was the leftist and he was the right winger. Um, Thomas says, I can't imagine ever doing, uh, doing that 30 years ago, much less now. Don't see how that's possible. Yeah, we've been, you know, our country's become so politically polarized, it seems like. In just in the past few years, that it's almost impossible to date someone who doesn't align with you politically. Kenneth says, I've never dated a liberal woman. Banged several, he says. They put on a feminist vibe around their friends, but deep down need a strong alpha male to fulfill their sexual needs. And they don't get that from low T soy betas. Um, Michael says, well, Ivory, I was bashed, called stupid, and they would not have a thing to do with me, among other things I can't mention here. Yikes. Yeah, it can really go downhill. That's why you're not supposed to talk about politics and religion on the first date, although a lot of people want to do that to, to weed out someone who do, whose values don't align. Mohammed says, well, I've only ever dated someone of opposing political views since who else is there in my deep blue circle of friends and family? And politics wasn't a big issue with our relationships, other deeper things like faith, shared experiences, and bond we have with one another matter more. So for Mohammed, politics doesn't really get in the way. That's interesting. Um, let's see. Some of my Instagram followers chimed in. Uh, this guy says, I have tried it, but I find that they have different moral set that is not compatible this guy says, I couldn't do it. The other says, um, would never work in current environment unless they were not really serious about the date. Yeah. If you, if you don't take the date seriously. Um, Cindy says, my husband and I have opposite political views. It can work. There you go. Uh, this guy says it would be very difficult, if not impossible, unless you're very moderate uh so interesting you guys uh let me know here on youtube if you guys have ever 
dated the absolute political views. Let me just say, um, I was thinking about this myself and I almost always date. I mean, I just don't even meet someone with opposing political views. Now, let me just say, uh, I lean towards individual liberty rather than socialism and all of the people here in Texas, everyone that I run into feels the same way. Um, so I was like, do I have any crazy horror stories or anything? No, I don't really. Um, even moving around to other states, no matter where I would go, I, I would always meet someone who aligned, like, aligned with me perfectly. I never even ran into uh, these dating horror stories. I will say I only had love at first sight once. And that guy was actually opposing political views. Oddly enough, everyone else that I've dated aligned with me politically, except for the one guy I had love at first sight with opposite political views. But in needless to say, well, I mean, it didn't work out, but that's because we lived across the country from each other. Um, but it's interesting stuff. Um, the right stuff dating app coming out next month. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Okay. So let's get to this, uh, other, other story. Now we, throughout the pandemic, we've heard these horror stories about public schools and, um, you know, parents going out in big protests and feel like feeling like their families are being victimized by the public school system. I keep saying, dude, you still own the power in your family. Just unenroll your child, go to homeschool. You can still have control. You just have to take more responsibility as a parent and maybe start homeschooling. Um, if you can't afford public school, my, I, I grew up in poverty and my parents couldn't afford private school, but they homeschooled me. And it worked out really well. There are uh, curricula for homeschool that are really hands off for the parent. So the parent is not, the parent does not need to be uh, walking their child through every minute of that homeschooling process. Um, So I don't know. It seems like a lot of parents are indeed switching to homeschool or other options, because look at this article from The Hill. Nearly 2 million fewer students have enrolled in public school. The pandemic has changed the way uh, that children are taught with more families opting for less traditional forms of schooling. A new poll from Education Next, an uh, education policy publication, found that enrollment in public schools has dropped by 4% over the last two years. That 4% decline represents nearly 2 million students. The poll also found that the number of children attending charter schools, private schools, and being homeschools have gone up. Almost 2 million students stopped attending public school between 2020 and 2021 alone the enrollment data shows. That's pretty crazy. In a recent poll from Education Next, district-operated schools lost 4% of their students during this school year with those children enrolling in other types of school. You know, I, you know, I was working for Fox during the pandemic and I would interview parents about school related issues and uh, the fact that a lot of students were being forced to study from home 
Nobody was allowed into the school because someone had caught the illness. And I, some of the parents I interviewed were like, I just love this. I love having my child at home. See, the parent was suddenly working from home too. Their child was in the next room studying. There was more family time, more community all day. Uh, they weren't apart from each other as much. And some of these parents absolutely loved it. And I think a lot of people since the pandemic had said, let's just stick with that. I'll work from home. My child will study from home. We'll be a family together full time all day, every day. Some people really love that. And I think we are seeing that happen, especially when you've got these crazy mask mandates and, you know, radical teachings in the schools, creepy, uh, books that talk about sexually explicit things. You know, we've seen, we've seen those, we covered those on my YouTube. Uh, parents are getting skittish about the public school system. They have these radical teachers uh, in a lot of these schools that are teaching um, values to students and belief systems to students that the parents aren't interested in. So there's so many reasons I think that this is happening, very interesting to see a whopping 4% of nationwide enrollment in public schools dropped off, stopped going to public school just since the pandemic started. What's interesting is uh, many, many fewer kids are also going off to college. So many kids are saying, screw college, I'm not going. Is it worth it? Is college even worth it at this point? Or can I learn on YouTube? <laughs> a lot of, I've heard comments from people in my community saying, you know, why did I blow $100,000 on a college education when I could have learned this stuff on YouTube? I've heard people having come out of college say this. Uh, look, uh, look at NBC News' recent coverage of the drop in college enrollment, quote, why Americans are increasingly dubious about going to college. An alarming number of people are rejecting college and it could widen the fissure already polarizing American society. Oh, they're worried that if you don't go to college, you might not agree with everyone else and uh, that'll widen the divide in thinking. Interesting. It's a whopping 4 million kids who are saying, I'm not going to college, according to NBC. Here they are. Many students around the country, yeah, they're getting ready to go to college. <laughs> but it turns out a growing number of high school grads are now deciding to opt out of higher education. It's the subject of a new article in the Heckinger Report. For more, we're joined by the higher education editor at the Heckinger Report and author of that article, John Marcus. John, thanks so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. So in your article, you wrote, policymakers are grappling with an alarming decline in the number of high school graduates willing to invest the time and money it takes to go to college. What did you find was the reason or the reasons behind the shift? So, so common wisdom has it that it's because of the pandemic, which was obviously demoralizing to this generation of potential college students, that it's the uh, decline in the number of 18-year-olds because of birth, birth rate fluctuations, which is true. There, there are fewer 18-year-olds. And also because the labor market is so good. But if you look more deeply, what we're finding is that there's growing skepticism among Americans um, about the value of a degree and whether it's worth the escalating price. So what are the long-term consequences of a drop in college enrollment then? 
Right. So there are consequences for individuals who choose not to go to college, uh, people with bachelor's degrees, whether they believe it's worth the money or not. People with bachelor's degrees actually make over their lifetimes about 67 percent more uh, than people who don't go to college. More generally for the economy, there's a huge impact on uh, the economy because we're running out of educated workers. There was even before the pandemic a shortage estimated to be about 9 million um, uh, college-educated workers. In a knowledge economy, that's a big problem, and our economic rivals worldwide have increased the proportion of their population going to college. All right. So anyway, he he uh, said there that you're you're more like you're less likely to get fired in a bad economy if you have a college education. Um, interesting stuff there. Uh, but a lot of kids are saying, I don't know if this is worth it. Now, I'm checking your comments here. Uh, you guys are chiming in about the dating issue. I see Karen says my husband and I are on different political beliefs. I used to be Democrat. We just do not talk politics. It's hard to talk to like minds. It's hard to talk to people who don't have like minds, right? Um, so that's interesting. I mean, I yeah, yeah. I once dated someone who voted for Obama in 08 and then switched to right-wing voting, Republican voting after that. And so anyway, he and I both agreed on individual liberty, but then we almost broke up in a debate on Fourth of July about Thomas Jefferson because he's like Thomas Jefferson was pro-slavery and I was like dude I've read his letters where he was advocating for emancipation almost a century before emancipation happened. Um, anyway, needless to say we we did end up breaking up, but that's that's the closest I came to having a political divide in my dating. Now I in regards to dating I actually pulled people on Twitter about. Um, best place to meet a manly man or a womanly woman, because that's a huge issue for people as well. I actually got a ton of comments on this. Everyone wanted to chime in. So let's see, let's read some of them. Uh, Marilee says, I literally met my very driven, very masculine husband on my, on my conservative church denominations dating app. Wait, her church has a dating app. Dang. She says, didn't real, uh, didn't realize till later that our parents had been friends back in the day. Win, win. What a small world. I wonder what app that is. Um, this person says blue bar Lincoln park, Chicago, 36 years ago. Oh, she, she met a nice Georgia boy at a bar in Lincoln park, Chicago. Okay. Uh, become a ski instructor worked for me. The battlefield. You met your love on the battlefield. Wow. Church, grocery store, and gym. Now, I saw a lot of comments about church. Tons of people are saying, meet your significant other at church. Um, you guys, when I go to church, you walk in at the beginning of service, you walk out afterwards. So how do you meet them? <laughs> but I guess they have church small groups and stuff. Uh, someone said, make manly and womenly friends network the way our grandparents did. Totally agree with that, you know, build a solid friend circle that shares your values and then maybe their friends will, um, you'll, you know, it'll work out that way. Um, this guy says, meet them in Montana. Someone else called it Mantana. That's where the manly men are. On the gun range, someone said, uh, bookstore, go to the Shakespeare shelf, 
or the Appalachian Trail in Maine or Yosemite or go to a rural church, a graveyard after service? This guy has very specific instructions here. Meet a girl at the graveyard. Very interesting. Uh, Kat says on a farm or in a hardware store. Now I've also, yeah, I've heard from a few people that if you go to a hardware store, you're going to meet a real man. Um, Holly says go to a college football game. Um, any, this guy says any small town in the Midwest is great. Um, tons of people saying church. Uh, somebody saying Texas. You know, there's just rumor that the real men are in Texas, but I don't know if that's true. Um, Tommy Laren agrees with me on that too. She used to live in Texas. She said, screw that. Uh, more grocery store comments. Um, okay. This woman met her husband in a country bar 30 years ago. See some people meet in bars. Anyway, you guys can go to my Twitter to read the rest of these. It is a ton of comments. I want to get to, um, the, the news about Trump. Now, uh, Jack Pasok, Pasobic, if I'm saying his name right, I never know how to pronounce his name. He's saying that Alex Jones predicted this, that eventually the left who's been worshiping pharmaceuticals is going to turn on Trump. And now that their, their pharmaceutical idol is not working for them, uh, the great needle that they've been worshiping. Oh crap. All the breakthrough cases, all the bad effects. Um, it's not working. So now we're going to turn on Trump and blame Trump for rushing this needle through. A Jones predicted this and now it is coming true. I have got this um, Politico article, you guys. Um, I'm not going to show it on my screen because it's got all the trigger words, but headline Trump White House exerted pressure on FDA for the pandemic emergency use authorization a Democrat House report finds. So the Demo- uh, the latest Democrat committee investigating Trump, there's so many investigations of Trump, but this one is focusing in on Trump's handling of the pandemic. And these Democrats in the House of Representatives are saying the big mess up Trump did is that he rushed these pharmaceuticals through. Wait, these are the same Democrats who worship these rushed pharmaceuticals. The same Democrats who have four needles in the arm are now criticizing Trump for tricking them into getting four needles in the arm? Huh, that's interesting. All right, Politico says the report by House Democrats examining the pandemic says Trump officials sought needle approval to sway voters before the 2020 election. It says the Trump administration pressured the Food and Drug Administration, including former FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn, to authorize unapproved treatments for the illness and the first needles on an accelerated timeline, according to a report released Wednesday by Democrats in the House Select Subcommittee on the Pandemic Crisis. Uh, so they actually had the FDA commissioner testify, and he's like, poor little me, poor little us at the FDA. Trump pushed us to authorize and approve these things, and we didn't mean to. Uh, now, the two things they're talking about here are the... First of all, the pharmaceutical drug that's been FDA approved for decades, it starts with an H that I cannot mention on YouTube. YouTube deletes any video that I say the H word on, but you know, it was a treatment, it was a uh, treatment 
for the illness that Trump was advocating for in 2020. So they demonize that one in this, but then they go on to talk about the needle, the holy needle that they love so much. They're now blaming Trump for pushing that needle through too early. Um, I guess Democrats are frustrated that their needle is not working after all. Uh, we got Albert Borla, CEO of one of the needle companies, now sick with the illness after getting four needles in his arm. He catches the illness after that. Um, it's clear that this this thing's not working for anyone, it seems. Okay. I mean, well, they, they say it does work because the, the symptoms are less than if they hadn't had the needle. So that's their narrative. But if you watched my most recent interview on my uncensored website, everyhacker.com, new documents from the Department of Defense um, indicate something otherwise. Uh, interesting stuff. Um, but we have House, minor, uh, House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn from South, South Carolina, Democrat. Uh, he is chairing the subcommittee, and he said in a statement, quote, the select subcommittee's findings that Trump White House officials deliberately and repeatedly sought to bend FDA's scientific work on treatments and needles in the White House uh, to the White House's political will are yet another example of how the prior administration prioritized politics over public health. Uh, Clyburn is saying, how dare Trump try to rush this needle through when, you know, just to get it through for election day so he could get reelected. Politico goes on to say the Trump administration also tried to pressure the FDA to authorize the first needles ahead of the presidential election when Han tried to, uh, Han, that's the F- FDA commissioner, tried, uh, he testified to the subcommittee January 2022. He said that the White House officials said that they would not sign off on EUA language that required a 60-day safety follow-up for late-stage clinical trials. Um, he's saying there that the White House did not want to wait 60 days for a little bit more testing. They wanted to get this needle through now because the election is happening. Um, ultimately, it says the FDA went ahead with the 60-day follow-up plan without an explicit blessing from the White House, though the White House later uh, cleared it. Thing is, these these uh, trials are supposed to take years. An extra 60 days still doesn't make a real difference. Um, and we are learning more and more. I mean, long after those initial trials were over, it was months after those trials were over that suddenly we find out there's major heart issues, especially amongst young males. And as time goes on, we are learning more and more about, um, bad effects from these rushed pharmaceuticals. It's interesting that apparently a Jones was right again, that now the blame is falling on Trump. It's interesting because Trump was actually worried that he wouldn't get any credit for Operation Warp Speed, um, that Biden was going to take all the credit for this new needle technology. Uh, But now that the new needle technology is not working so well, 
Trump's getting that credit after all. <laughs> I, you know, the only sound bites I hear from Trump is still him pushing the needle. Trump still loves the needle. And I know that's caused some of his supporters to turn against him. Uh, but I'm checking your comments. Uh, that's why the white hats need to make their move every single day is another day. Guys, whenever you talk about hat colors, I don't know what that means. What is a white hat? I don't even know what that means. Every single day is another day where we can't focus on finding a cure for that thing. Um, oh, a cure for the needle. Um, interesting. Okay. Reading your comments. That's the pot calling the kettle black. Um, big question is now, can we find a cure for the needle? If we don't, it's going to be a nightmare. Meds, beds. Now, I just, I don't know. I, I just corresponded a bit with a guy who apparently was in one of the one of the very, very early um, trials for this sort of technology with the new needle um, long before the pandemic. And he said it, he had big health issues, but that he, one thing he did to mitigate the negative effects of this pharmaceutical technology on his body was exercising every day and eating a really whole foods, clean, natural diet, um, getting rid of processed foods and just eating like grass fed meat and organic veggies. Um, and things like that have helped him immensely compared to his comrades who did the same trial, um, and died. But, I'm going to get to the bottom of his story more and hopefully feature that on my uncensored website. Um, Jones was saying that within the last 10 days, you say. All right, I'm hearing small town Texans are fine as long as they act like real men, you guys. We're going back to the dating topic. Texans have this big man uh, reputation, but... They, that actually, from my experience, that it's masking a lot of uh, insecurity. The actual number of men who are grounded in in a solid foundation of confidence and knowing who they really are and what really matters is very few. So who knows? Who knows? There's a lot of insecurity and fear leading most people's lives. Um Farmer's Market is the new dating spot. Ooh, I just love Farmer's Markets, you guys. Um, are you guys going to join that new dating app? We shall see. All right, ooh, I've gone past the time. Thank you guys so much for chiming in with me today. Tomorrow, we are going to do Truth Bombs in my new location. As you, you guys see, my background is changing. I'm moving. I'm resetting up a lot of things. Um, we've got a new setup for Truth Bombs and my friend Natalie Denise is going to join me, fellow truther, fellow YouTuber. Uh, we are going to jump in on Truth Bomb. She's going to be on for the first time. Can't wait for you guys to chat with her and I tomorrow. Uh, she, I went down to the border with her earlier this year. We covered the migration issue. So tune in 
tomorrow, 4 p.m. for Truth Bomb, 4 p.m. Central. See you then.